There's a bunch of pirates that are trying to take all loot. This is episode 127, and I'm your host, Al Martinino. Today, we are going to discuss pension plan blow-up as it explodes in front of us. The importance of this podcast is can't even be stated. That's how important it was. I was going to do this sometime if I could do it in 2020. And all of a sudden, everything got pushed out of the way, and it became a priority. We're going to discuss why it is a priority. On some other show notes, of course, if you want to get in contact with us, you can on RaiderCopNation.com. Right there, the website's there for you. You have Test Everything 1521, as well as our news segments uh, that generate every so often, every other day or every day. You can read some of those columns and as well as uh, our archives of podcast. You can also hook up with us there. Of course, the podcast is on iTunes, which is now known as Apple Podcast, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Podbeam, blah, blah, blah. It's all there, and it's even on the website. You can uh, join the ranks there. It shows you the different uh, podcast uh, that it comes out on, or 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 um, affiliates. We also well, we made a small little change for this show. You were supposed to hear why Rico pushed that out of the way for next week. Uh, for the importance of this show. I didn't want to wait. I did not want to wait. And when we get to the main topic, I will discuss why I did not wait. I do want to talk about it. I want to take a moment to talk about the recent State of the Union address by the president. I saw it. I was encouraged by it. I was rooting on immensely. Because it told the story of Americans. Those Americans were of all different colors, creeds. And it was a part of this country. I didn't see anything that was presented that was so appalling 
that I would have to act out in the middle of the speech or after the speech or rip up a speech. Because the act of ripping up that speech was the act of all those true Americans that were indicated and shown right there in the gallery at Congress. Their stories, their sacrifices, their sufferment was ripped up. The Democrats didn't care for it. That's that's disgusting. So I'm not going to get into the political debate left or right. All I can tell you is whomever the president of the United States is, everybody needs to support. You might not be of that position. I continue to pray that one day you will have that position. I can tell you that the prior administration, I was a spectator. I stood on the sidelines, not for four years, but for eight years. I did not vote for him. I had nothing to do with color, and it had nothing to do with his party. No, it had to do with what he was saying, which I had issues with. And, of course, now we even know more so. But I never, ever publicly talked bad about it. During that time that he was president, and if those hypocritical law enforcement officers that are out there that want to act like they don't know what I'm talking about, that's fine. But during his presidency, I, I all of a sudden started getting hit with huge tax bills. Never had those issues before. And uh, towards the end of his administration, I was, I was in a hack up to my eyeballs because I was making too much money. At one point, I owed the IRS $11,000. But of course, uh, you know, that's uh, just making up that story. What does he know? He's just a hater. He's a hater, that's all. Um, you want to cover your eyes? Cover your eyes. Want to put your head in a pillow? Go ahead, put your head in a pillow. Act like it didn't happen. But what I am trying to point out is during his presidency, I never once said anything publicly bad. And I remember going to work when I was assigned to headquarters and every other cubicle that I would walk past, there was the first family on the desktop of a public computer system. And nothing was said. Go ahead and try that stuff now. See how fast you get a complaint. You can't have a double standard, folks. You can't have it both ways. It is what it is. But uh, back to the issue with the State of the Union, I was uplifted by it. I believe it was one of the best speeches that I had seen. Most of the presidential State of the Unions are very boring. You know, they stand up there and they just talk malarkey and they start spitting out things that they never intend to do. But whether you like them or you don't like them, this president, every promise, they starts to manifest itself into a promise delivered. 
and again, a lot of people burying their head in the sand and saying, it's not true, it's all made up, he's a crook, he's not good. But they show no evidence, there's nothing to show for it other than because he's got blonde hair. And I might have said this before in another podcast, I have known of Donald Trump since I was a teenager. I was growing up in New York City. He'd come out on TV all the time. You know, it was a rich tycoon, but he had a helicopter back then. It said Trump on the side of it. And the and the nightly news, 6 o'clock news, would show him landing his helicopter at the West, West Side Port by the West Side Highway. And, you know, that was a big deal. Everybody, wow, wow, wow. Okay? I remember him when I was a, a teenager giving out money for midnight basketball and uh, uh, PAL uh, boxing leagues and so forth. And the kids that were receiving those things were minorities. But I guess that doesn't mean anything, does it? Nah, it was all hogwash. He was just setting it up because he knew he was going to be president. Come on, are you that freaking numbskulled that you actually believe that? Come on. It's who he is. It's who he is. And I'm not going to go back and forth that he's the greatest thing since sliced bread because the Bible tells you if a man has their confidence in another man, they're evil. Your confidence should be in the Lord. So on another note, I did see the president going to the the Daytona 500. And... Um, it was a very uh, emotional event for many, many people. Uh, some people now are starting to criticize, well, you know, it's a political event, but he used uh, the limousine, the beast, they call it, and he shouldn't have done that. And, you know, really, it's to protect the president wherever he goes. Even if he goes to these rallies, he's going in the beast. He's not going in a freaking Volkswagen. No, so some people, they get on the stupid and the ridiculous, and they have a contest. No, I'm going to stay here on the stupid for a little longer before I get on to the ridiculous. Come on. Use your brains. The last point I want to make up and talk about is uh, the communist Bolshevik state of Virginia and their ridiculous uh, gun control law that was recently passed. And under House Bill 961... Was passed by 51 commies and 48 against, and it's a growing testament as to those individuals that decided I'm going to sit this election out. It's not that important, or the people that just didn't want to get involved. Yeah, you know they're going to win. What's the big deal? And this is the big deal: Second Amendment. That was written in the Constitution by our forefathers. The state of uh, Bolshevik Virginia has wiped their rerun with it and saying we don't need it. And that's not what the forefathers of this country envisioned. And I did do a show um, a while back where the Chief Justice Ant- Antonin Scalia mentioned that the right to bear arms and the bear part was to carry and that's why a rifle AR-15 has a carry handle it has no purpose whatsoever you don't use it mechanically it 
it's only there as a symbol of the Second Amendment because it's the right to bear arms. You carry it, you can own it. Okay? But, uh, you know, what can I tell you? It's going to be, uh, you know, carrying, going on and on in, in legal battles from here to, to the end of time. But this is just what they want. Take all your guns away, take your rights, smack you in the head. It's just freaking ridiculous already. So, uh, according to the uh, Virginia Communist Law, House Bill 961 that passed, it is illegal to buy a AR-15 and uh, anything with a maximum or standard magazine capacity is illegal too. Many things are still undecided that have to come through secondary bills and that is the confiscation, which the governor denies is a confiscation, but it really is. So when you turn in your weapon or the cops come and knock on the door to come get it, whichever one happens, are they going to reimburse you for it? That is still undecided. And the second question is, out of all these things that are being turned in or confiscated, where are they going? What happens to them? Well, the people have the right to know, right? So maybe uh, Che, uh, the governor of Virginia, will get around to answering those questions in the near future. So uh, without any more delay, we're going to get to the word of the week. We're going to lift things up a little bit, and we're going to jump into this very important subject. Episode 127, you are listening to Pension Plan Blowup. And now the word of the week. I speak with the tongue of man and of angels and have not loved, I have become a sounding brass or a clangling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not loved, I am nothing. First Corinthians chapter 13, 1, 2, 3. And you can hear on the same day that this podcast goes out, which is going to be February 19th, you can hear uh, this episode with this text that I just read in its entirety explained to you 15 minutes or left to less to uplift you and um, you can hear that on test everything 1521 through our website radicopnation.com you just go to the section that says test everything click on that and it will give you this episode on the word and all the others or you can go straight to our other website which is 
Test everything, 1521.buzzsprout, B-U-Z-Z-S-P-R-O-U-T dot com. And there you can see that word as well. All right, so episode 127, Pension Plan Blow Up is about to start. Gather your pencils, your crayons, your cardboard boxes, pay attention closely, because we are about to reveal the amazing cluster. Boys, time to get the boys. Money is the root of all evil, the Lord Jesus Christ told us. And today, through episode 127, Pension Plan Blow-Up, I'm going to prove it. It is something that is mind-boggling and that will affect a whole lot of people. At risk with this catastrophe, are up to 2 billion people worldwide. At risk are not only public pensions in America, but 401ks worldwide as well. Company pension plans are now becoming more and more difficult for a whole lot of countries to control continue to contribute. So the question has to be, how did all this start and what in the world is going on? If we take a look at how scary this is, the and we are concentrating mostly on public retirements, okay? We're not really doing the 401k. We're going to kind of throw that a little bit in there with some information. But we're not. This is primarily for those people that are public employees and have a pension plan all over this, all over the country, regardless of the state. And especially first responders, because their pension plans were probably a much more aggressive and paid out a whole lot more, they're also going to take a hit here as well. As I said, 2 billion people are at risk all over the the world, not only the nation. The public pension plans, when they started to see these huge amounts of unfunded portions of the plan, they went into a panic. They reached out to the entity that gave them promises that they could fix everything. They went to Wall Street. 
Wall Street, which has been known to have a few one or two car salesmen, rug salesmen there, took the helm. And it didn't matter because the government was watching every move. That ought to send a, send a shiver down your spine. And the, the, the part that should scare you the most is what am I, what am I about to say now? The money has already been stolen. So we're dialing 911, and this is a crime we're going to report after the crime. Let's take a look at 401ks and how they were actually started on some other podcasts that we're going to be doing in the future on pension plans. This one, I want to spell out what exactly is happening. And then on the subsequent podcast down the road, we're going to do the historical value of how we got here. And then thirdly, uh, we're going to do a podcast on some updates. And uh, this show, at the end, we're going to have the call for action, what everybody needs to be doing. So... When we look at the 401ks that were created in the 1970s, they were actually a supplement for employees of a savings supplement for them. Um, Most, when they first originated, employees did not contribute to them. They later did because it was a retention tool to keep people working in their companies. And somewhere along the line, it's, it manifested itself into a 401ks as retirement plans. But in actuality, they're a supplement savings plan. And it was built for employees that they could take their money pre-tax and place it in this 401k for some individuals they were uh, known as deferred compensations. They were deferred in taxes as it went in, but you'd had to pay taxes on the way out. And But they were never entitled to become a retirement plan. Then you have financial planners. Now, I know that there's a bunch of people that are going to swear that their financial planner is a wizard. And a good guy. But even if you are a good guy and a financial wizard, you're part of a company. You're part of an entity that this is a an entry in a spreadsheet that has to come into the fold like everybody else. And there has to be a certain amount of money. And there has to be those fees and everything else to come with it, point blank, whether you like it or not. So financial planners were born in the 70s, and they came from a bunch of school teachers, shoe salesmen, people that were rug salesmen, looking for a new income. And it sounded promising enough. They took the course, got the certificate. 30, 40 years later, they're experts in the field. Financial planners. 
financial planner in all actuality is a salesman. And guess what they're trying to sell you? Anything that could put money in their pocket. No, not my guy. Not, not my guy. Governments have wanted to replace pension plans, public pension plans, for so long with 401ks. In fact, in the state of Florida now, when you're a new employee, you'll become part of the 401k. If you retired under the public pension plan, waited out a year, and then you came back, you had to come in under the 401k. So what in the world is wrong with the public pension plan? I remember retiring in 2016 and receiving a report from the state on the Florida retirement system bragging about how many trillions of dollars were in there and the financial state was never better. Then I turned just recently and I found out the alarms whistles were blowing in 2018 because there's a huge unfunded caps. And then I discovered it's not only my state, So when we look at the 401k, it was a supplement for employees. We look at public pension plans. It was started mostly right after the Second World War, get people back to work, lift up the country, give them good benefits. Okay, you had uh, the bill to get people homes and so forth. It all made sense right after the war. It's going to build up the country. But nobody really looked at the effects of the pension plan. You might even say to yourself, what I don't understand. If everybody contributed to it, what what happened? Well, I didn't understand it either. But then I found out that this is all about being uh, unfunded. So I said, how can this be unfunded? Now, here I was, a part of that entity, that product, for 27 years. And I knew I didn't pay into it, but my agency did. Every year they sent out tremendous amounts of money. That was a benefit of working where I worked. Towards the end of my career, they started picking my wallet, 3% of my salary, to make ends meet. People start to wonder, why are you leaving? I don't like my pocket getting picked. But pensions now are unfunded. So a lot of this stuff had to do with the following breakdown. Now, I'll give you an example of Florida, California could be similar, New York. They're all similar in, in structure and format. But it's usually under an umbrella. Now, you do have some agencies that have their own retirement systems, but they're mostly under a 401k system. But the public pension plan would usually be under the state, whatever state it is, that they insured everything. Florida is one of those states that have a constitutional provision. 
that you can't mess around with the public pensions. And Florida's not alone. There are very there are several others. But this has nothing to do with touching it and playing with it. Although some states do have do not have that constitutional provision and they're really hurt because they played with it. So here it's about not being able to fund it. So let's say, for the sake of argument, we'll make up some numbers. For the haters, they can criticize me later. But let's say that the state of Florida has uh, roughly 5,000 towns, cities, states, um, excuse me, counties enrolled in the state system. And every governmental agency receiving a public pension has to contribute a portion into that every year. But then you have the little towns that have had the same employees for, let's say, 30 years. They haven't moved. Nobody came in. Nobody came out. And now it's kind of difficult to make those payments. Payments might be ranging in the sum of like $500,000 a year or maybe even less. You know, for big municipalities and big counties, that's, that's laughable. But for those little towns, that's a huge amount of money. They can't make it. Then 2008 rolled around and the housing market crashed. Well, Florida is one of those states that depends highly, highly on the tax bracket of homes. That's how public uh, services are paid for, through taxes, home taxes. Now, all of a sudden, the rug got pulled out from under the system. Foreclosures are left and right. No one's getting paid in small towns municipalities and counties cannot contribute what they originally promised to contribute for their employees. The deficit starts to become bigger and bigger. The states now all around the country have to scramble to make sure that they can meet this goal. It becomes harder and harder because no matter how much they try to negotiate with these governments, some are just not going to pay. They just can't. It's all about they'd have to raise taxes at this point, and that's political suicide. So lesson number one, kids, never have money and politics merged together. And what happens is these pension boards come up with a solution. We'll, we'll take all our money. We, we learned this from Jimmy Hoffa. He was real good at it. He gave those mafioso fellas a whole lot of money, and they built that thing called Las Vegas. Yeah, they didn't get all the money back, but they did it. We can do the same thing. And we'll reach out to some other mafiosis. And who are they? Wall Street. Wall Street was looking at it and said, wow, boy, we can make a whole lot of money. I mean, we can help you. 
And all of a sudden, they started talking about fees and administration fees. And the governments were so desperate, and the uh, retirement boards would say, yeah, 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 get it done. And right after they started hopping on board, the deficit started to close. It looked pretty good. Some states, like mine, they said, wait, 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 hold on a second. We're going to pick your pockets. And they plucked out of my pocket 3% of my annual income for about three years. Never got that crap back. And as a result, the deficit started to close, but not entirely. But in everything, you need a huge infusion of money to keep the scam going. So Wall Street said to the governments, don't panic. We won't need you to deposit those huge amounts of money because we're going to turn to a good infusion of money that's going to help us. It's going to help me. It's going to help you. And we're going to turn to the credit card companies. And they came in with billions and billions of dollars. But at very, very high fees. While every pension board now had to slowly start making it had an overhead or else it would fall in the red. It started it was 3%, 4%, 5%. Today it's seven and a half percent. Now, I I often used to say, I give you the answer if you give me the equation. Well, the equation on seven and a half percent was based on trillions. Trillions. Okay, that's Bernie doesn't even say trillions. He says billions, billions and billions, but he doesn't say trillions. It's based on trillions of dollars. And they're going to charge you high rates? Holy smokes. Just look at your credit card statement. You panic when that comes in every 28-day cycles. Imagine this. Now all of a sudden... Things were looking up. They were looking better. The deficits are coming around again. But it really has nothing to do with governments not paying in. It has to do with these high fees we're stuck with now. We can't get out of it. Let me give you a couple of examples of what I looked at that were mind-boggling to me. City of Dallas owes $2 million dollars into the Dallas uh, Police Pension Fund when it started, when it decided to not fund veterans that were serving overseas. Pension boards all around the country have one unique problem, and that is that the majority, if not all, that are on the public pension boards have no experience. They're government hacks, government employees, union officials trying to figure out Wall Street, credit card bankers, and how to invest your money. 
In essence, they're playing Jimmy Hoffa's. And we're scratching our head trying to figure out, are we going to make ends meet here? Let me continue reading, and I'm going to read for quite a while. Don't be alarmed. It is quite a lot. But this is only a portion, a small portion of the evidence that I've compiled, which is mind-boggling. What's more mind-boggling is that every headline that I'm going to read to you is not ancient history, kids. It's from January 2020 and February 2020. Lexington Police Department in Kentucky shorted its police and fire pension plans by $3.6 million over a decade. Michigan police pension lawsuit against Prudential for filing misleading statements. Illinois pension consolidation plan to fill in the gap for $11.5 billion of unfunded liability. The asset of the fund is only covered by 55%. But the state constitution mandates 90. Oh, and by the way, in the Illinois caper, Chicago's not included because they had their own little deficit of $838 million that nobody wanted to deal with. Oklahoma passes a bill 3330 protecting officers' pensions. Oh, oh correction, it, it should pass. So it's still, it's still being argued about. Puerto Rico, $2.6 million pension fund went to a hacker instead. Now, I put, specifically put this article in there. It They were... Sending Puerto Rico was sending $2.6 million in a wire transfer electronically to a bank in the state, and some hacker got in there and stole the money. Now, that has really nothing to do with Wall Street or anything else, but it has to show you the incompetence and the level that it is and the amount of money they're dealing with. New Mexico public pension reform passes Senate. Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania Pension Fund Board opposes changes of pouring more than $2 million of its, of its five unfunded plans. But the board made investments of up to $72.6 million. So the board doesn't want to see... Uh, throwing more money into it because we took $72.6 million out to, you know, Wall Street and see what they can do with it. Detroit Police Fire and Detroit Police Fire Pension Fund files lawsuit over officials receiving 70% pay raises, and it's not one or two either. Paris, California pays off $14.3 million in pension debt while other California governments struggle. The list goes on. I mean, this, this is just on and on and on and on. 
California household, the average California house, household owner owes $80,000, $80,643 in unfunded pension debt. In other words, you, you got nothing to do with this. You're just a homeowner. You're in hock to cover the amount of money that is owed, $80,643 per household in California. This comes from the Stanford Institute for Economic Policy. They did the research on that bad boy. Many California cities uh, see the new year bringing in higher pension bills. Okay, part of the California Public Employees Retirement System. That means they're going to have to hire taxes. U.S. $4.3 trillion less than what they need to cover retirements. $4.3 trillion in the hole. Texas, first responder pension reform law. Coming soon. When you ever see the word reform, hold on to your hat. Here's one that was seven years ago. Florida Supreme Court rules against state workers, and I was one of them, allowing state to retain 3% levy on your salaries. We got it real good. Sure did. City of Pittsburgh Pension Board took steps on exploring, diversifying from fossil fuels, firearms, manufacturing, and for-profit prisons. Currently, the police pensions are at a 60.57% funded. That means it's 39% unfunded. $813 million in the hole for the city of Pittsburgh. So they're going to get involved in fossil fuels, you know, make the ends meet. We're also going to do this gun manufacturing thing. See how it works. You get the point. Jimmy Hoffa's. Let's see what else we got around here. Because it, it, just, it just goes from bad to worse. Now, one of the things is a lot of credit is established through AA and AAA credit ratings. So... As a result of all this amount of debt that is being owed so big, it, a lot of what they're investing now is regarded as junk. It's a term being used because the amount that has to be funded is outrageous. Let me continue here. Some more data that I got. And... Again, this whole thing is just mind-boggling because it's just not one place. It's all over the world, all over the globe, and the U.S. is going to be hardly hit. Unfunded pension liabilities at a staggering rate of $7 trillion at the state and local levels all over the United States. The federal level, it is at $127 trillion. $127 trillion unfunded pension funds at the federal level, $7 trillion at the state and local level. Public pension crisis begins to reveal itself 
Now we're starting to see it. A recent headline in an article released by the Center for Tax and Budget Accountability sums up the underlying cause, trigger, if you will, of the impending pension crisis. Chicago pension crisis isn't really about pensions. It's about debt. So it's about debt. Look at there. City of Chicago owes some $28 billion to the system that pays retirement benefits to school teachers, police officers, firefighters, and other city workers. In other words, if you're trying to figure out what I'm talking about, incompetent politicians. The federal pension on life support. Federal pension is on life support. So that tells us that even if the state systems collapse, will the feds come in and help us? No, because they're at $127 trillion in debt. More incompetent boobs over there. Fact, payment obligations for Medicaid Medicaid and Medicaid, Medicare and Medicaid, sorry, uh, themselves now exceed a total of payroll tax collection. We have $1.2 trillion going out against $1.2 trillion coming in. That goes to show you the debt is so high, they couldn't even fix this if they wanted to. After we spent all the payroll tax collected to cover the just Medicaid and Medicare, the that leaves us with Social Security obligations that are now over $1 trillion totally unfunded. No, there is no cash in Social Security trust fund reserve. It's all more debt. Fact number three, at least at last count, more than 51% of our population of over 330 million citizens receive some sort of federal benefit. 51%. Fact number four, more than 93% of all federal taxes collected go to pay Medicare and Medicaid, Social Security, federal pension, and federal welfare. Then you have these boobs talking about Medicare for all. Boy, one swift kick. Fact number five, our federal budget deficit now exceeds $1 trillion. It goes on and on. I mean, there is nothing positive out of this report. Private and corporate pension funds fall into the abyss of debt. So this is not only on the public sector. This is on the private sector as well. In July of 2017, Bloomberg released a report stating that the uh, S&P 500's biggest pension plan faces $382 billion funded gap by July of 2019. And CNBC reported telling us that 1.3 million Americans are at risk of losing their pension to prevent this disaster. The House and Ways and Means Committee, which Maxine Waters is a part of, that's scary, voted on a bill that would commit federal funds to filling the funding gap. Really? So the federal dollar is going to come to the rescue, and they're looking at 150 something 
trillion that they're behind in. It just goes on and on. It's this is uh, it's somewhat depressing to be honest with you. It talks about uh, the business sector failing and the public f- sector failing because they went into the area of Wall Street to cover these holes. So many people were doing the hole was so big it couldn't be covered. It does talk about some solutions that they could have, and it talks about commodities. And it's a, a problem that a lot of these states did not go after that. Instead, they went after Wall Street, which robbed them blind. And that in itself is very depressing. So we we talk about the magical number now for every state is 7.5% that they have to meet in order to break even from the deficits that they owe, which are staggering. They're in the billions. And we talked about the different type of states in these headlines. All those are headlines I read with the exception of one, the Florida one that was back in they were seven years old with the 3% issue. All of them are recent from the last couple of months, January and February. So this problem is manifesting itself at very fast, passionate rates where they need an influx of money. The rush to get out from this shortfall is so big, $27 million, $15 million, they need money, billions of dollars. I'm just throwing numbers there. Where are they going to get it from? So what's our call to action as we wrap this one, this series up? And we're going to continue speaking about this. But one of the things that we have to do is we got to hold our politicians asses to the fire now that's a scary thought when the politician tells you that they can fix this because government has never fixed anything and if anybody that's listening to this has their confidence in the government there's something seriously wrong with you but we should have pressure being applied to state representatives governors of states, and your unions. Unions are very much a part of these pension boards because they're there to make sure that the contracts are being fulfilled and the monies that employees are being promised are fulfilled. But these union guys, you can't sit down and and fold your arms and watch the the crime go down in progress and act like you don't know what's happening. It's time for our union guys to start spending some union dues for something that's not beer, alcohol related in parties and start getting some consultants so they can start educating their boob that's on the pension board on how they can build capital. Because we all stand to lose. 
including the unions. Local leaders definitely play a role here because they're the beginning of the infusion to supply these huge pension plans with money. A lot of them just don't have the will anymore because they have to go back to the homeowners and tell them we're going to have to raise your taxes X amount because we have uh, unfunded obligations, liabilities, and pensions. Does it, it's, it's not good for re-election purposes. Remember, we're going back to the first part of the lesson, kids. Don't mix money in politics. Guess what they did? They mixed money in politics. What can you do? Well, if you're a retiree or thinking about retiring from, and you have a public pension plan, you're in law enforcement 25, 30 years or more, chances are there's nothing much you know how to do other than arrest people or supervise people. And now you're not at your fighting weight. You're not at your athletic age to continue doing it any longer. You've worked very hard, very dedicated. You've had blood, sweat, and tears through the journey. And you might collect a pension for a little while, but it might blow up. Hopefully it doesn't. What do we do? And the reason I say we was, I'm in the middle of this too. Well, one of the things that we can do is we need to be smart as retirees. And we need to go find another craft. We might have to put back on a hard hat and go find another field. Retirement felt that it was good. But I need to be wise now. This The rug might be pulled out from under me unexpectedly. And then all of a sudden, what do I do? A lot of people say, well, it can't happen in my state because I have a constitutional provision saying that the pension plan cannot fall apart. No, yeah. And that provision will stay in the Constitution as the system falls apart. Be smart. Don't be stupid. This is a gut domino effect. It's going to affect every pension plan in the country. They're all going to fall like dominoes, just like the housing market in 2008. And you can sue all you want. The only thing that state courts are going to tell you is, well, nobody saw this coming. Nobody's entitled to anything now. So we have to prepare for the event. If the event never shows up, very good. But if the event starts to show up, we need to be prepared. And for a lot of us, we need to do or have a backup form of employment and we have to start diversifying the little bit of money we have in retirement now. 
And a, a good way of diversifying your portfolio is to get away from fake money, get away from fake banks, get away from fake financial planners, and go back to what is known as God's money, and that's gold and silver, which are commodities that God gave us. It's not an ideal system that might work for you, the specific listener, because you might not have enough to invest in it. But it will help you in a rainy day. Something is better than nothing. Not everybody can afford gold that uh, just as of, as of the this podcast uh, closed at uh, $1,585 and two cents. Silver closed at $1,786. Platinum at $976.19. Silver is a very small market, but has big potential. Gold, can it go any higher? Well, it's, it's going up. You know, will it drop? Sure. So if you invest in these type of commodities, just remember that this is a long-term thing. Can't buy it on Monday and try to cash it out on Thursday night. So this is something you'd have to hold on to. For those that are thinking about retiring a little bit earlier, maybe that's not for you either. For you law enforcement guys that have the ability to work off duties, overtime and everything else, I urge you to start taking half of that money that you're making and investing it in commodities. Do not invest it necessarily in the market, which is paper money. You know how that goes, the stock market. The president sent out a tweet, pissed everybody off, the Democrats are trying to investigate if that's really his hair color. Market crashes. So you don't want to invest invest in anything that's paper make-believe money. That includes money itself. It's make-believe. You want to have something on you that you can cash in for money. Hopefully you never have to. Hopefully, everything that you invest in, if you do invest in any type of commodities, that you can leave it in a nice, safe place, never touch it, and you can leave it for your grandkids or your great-grandkids. Hopefully. But we don't know. Difficult times ahead. How do I know? Because it says so in the Scripture. Today we sound the alarm loud and clear that there's a storm brewing ahead. Be prepared for it. If you are retired, if you are thinking of retirement, if you are active in law enforcement, if you have a 401k, if your municipality has their own type of retirement system, if you're part of the state retirement system, everybody there is vulnerable. Not one person is saved. 
As always, it has been my honor and my pleasure to be your host on Raider Cop Podcast. Continue to pray for yourself because without you in the game, we have nothing. Continue to pray for your family, for your community, for the agencies that serve you. And most importantly, continue to pray for the United States of America. Lastly, what do we have up next? Well, episode 128, Why Rico and our song of the week, I think is a fitting one. It's uh, Gary B.B. Coleman, The Sky is Crying. Till we meet again.